Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Glory be to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and ever and unto the ages of all ages, amen. <clears throat> As we were commenting in the introduction of the readings, today is the first Sunday after the Feast of Theophany, a major feast in the Church, um, in the Coptic Orthodox Church, and in all the Apostolic Churches, actually the Feast of Epiphany, or Theophany, is a major lordly feast, because the Holy Trinity, our God, as we know Him, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, three, three persons of one essence, is revealed. He's, Jesus is baptized, the voice of the Father is heard, the Spirit is descending upon Him, and the... God, whom no one has seen at any time, but the only begotten Son, He has revealed Him, as it says in uh, John chapter 1, is, is, is actually happening. It's not metaphorical, or it's not, it's not, a, uh, you know, it's not a, a, a figurative uh, a term anymore. That was the first verse in the Gospel of the Feast of Theophany. God, whom no one has seen at any time, the only begotten Son, He has revealed him because when he was baptized the father was revealed with his voice speaking and the spirit descended and the thing which is really remarkable only in the gospel of john john 134 does it say that the spirit descended and remained upon him and um, this is kind of like as a preamble to today so so all of this has happened and now we're reading today's readings right and as we mentioned in the introduction in, in the introduction of the readings in the Old Testament the Holy Spirit would visit the prophets and leave them they would get a visitation of the Spirit so it, it, you know as characterized in Psalm 50 which we pray multiple times a day saying take not your Holy Spirit away from me so King David had an experience of the presence of the Spirit, and he also had an experience of the absence of the Spirit. And he was mourning, and he was crying about the absence of the Spirit. And he was begging God, please do not take your Holy Spirit away from me. But in Jesus, a new pattern was created that the Holy Spirit could descend and remain on a human, namely a perfect human, the Lord Jesus Christ, and each one of you and I, as we, as we come out of the baptistry and we receive the second sacrament of chrismation, we receive the Holy Spirit. We are born a new creation in the baptistry, and then we receive the Holy Spirit, just as Jesus was the perfect God-man, and He received the Holy Spirit, not as though He didn't have the Spirit, because it is His Spirit, but He received it for us, which St. Cyril explained, and we've preached many times. So that's kind of like the preamble, okay? That's, that was like, you know, like episode three, and we're doing episode four now. So, you know, sometimes on TV shows, they show you like what happened in the last episode, just to remind you in 30 seconds. That's what, that was the last episode. This episode... In the gospel and all the readings, the psalm tells us they go from strength to strength. You who hear prayer, to you all will flesh, all flesh will come. I, I hear this, to you all flesh will come. I think of kind of like a magnet. The Lord, the Lord our God is like a magnet and, and everyone is coming to him in some fashion. Some people are coming to him, <coughs> to him seeking their daily sustenance, seeking seeking a roof over their head, <clears throat> seeking their bread, seeking, the, seeking what they need just to get through the day. Some people are seeking Him for their <clears throat> assurance, for they have all of their needs, but they have worry and fear and anxiety. They're coming to Him who tells us, fear not. <clears throat> 
Sorry. <clears throat> Some people are coming to him because of their um, other concerns or, or, or worries or fears. Some people are coming to him because they have hopes and they have dreams. Everyone is coming to the Lord in a different way. I tell you the truth. <clears throat> I found this fascinating. Uh, this is what sparked my whole fascination with atheism. I'm actually these days, I'm, I'm absolutely, it's like, uh, you, you know how like, it, like before I, I canceled my Facebook account, I could spend like, 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 a, like an hour and a half could go by and you're sitting there on the couch like looking at oh, this and that and going, going here and there, right? Now my new, my new fascination that I could spend an eternity doing is uh, reading about atheism and why people become atheists and, and what makes, and I, I, honestly I have the deepest respect for people who are asking really honest questions and unfortunately may or may not have found answers to them. But it's fascinating. What sparked my interest in atheism is when I read a, a, a poll here done uh, in, uh, in Toronto that was saying something like, I can't remember, it was 46 or 64 percent, I can't remember, one or the other, something like that, of atheists pray, catch themselves praying, you know? Right? So people who, you know, have really given this a lot of thought and decided clearly there cannot be, there cannot be a God. Around half, a little more, a little less, catch themselves praying and are willing to admit it on an anonymous survey. Right? Everybody somehow is drawn to the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus is trying to reveal to us today what is the most the thing that attracts us, what is the magnet about him? The magnet about him, the one thing that I've been searching to see if I could find it anywhere except in Jesus, you know, like sold only at Costco, sold only in Jesus, right, is grace. Grace. Free and undeserved gift. Free and undeserved favor. Wouldn't do anything to get it. I didn't do anything in the universe to get it. When we used to pray at St. George the Martyr, um, I was going to pray a wedding there. A couple wanted to get married. They wanted me to marry them there or was they were considering it. So I asked the reverend there, do you charge a fee for, uh, you know, the use of the church? The couple was asking, you know, do we have to pay for the church? We'll give a donation for sure, but do you know, is there a, a fee? Um, and the reverend said, Father, did you pay anything to become a priest or were the gifts of God given to you freely? I said they were given to me freely. He said, so likewise here, we give them away freely. That which we paid nothing for, we will not charge people for. Indeed, indeed, I can tell you, you know, when I went to go see uh, Bishop Pachomius and he uh, ordained me to the priesthood, he didn't charge me a fee, you know. <clears throat> he, he welcomed me with open arms. The gifts of God are given freely to all of us. There's no fee for you to come uh, and to receive the body and blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you believe that what you're receiving is the body and blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, you probably also believe that it's the most precious thing on the face of the earth, right? That it's the absolute most precious thing on the face of the earth, right? And we receive it freely. If we look at the, if we look at the readings, we'll find though that we have this weird tendency, all of us, myself first and foremost, to go back to a system of retribution, a system of give and take. You know, I, I, I always somehow find myself going back to vending machine spirituality. 
I, I prayed a little bit, so I get a candy bar. I prayed more, I get a bag of chips. I prayed even more, I get like whatever, a soft drink. I don't know, right? And you know, you put in a loonie, you get something. You put in a toonie, you get something bigger. You put in a $5 bill, oh my goodness. You're, you're, you know, you're living in junk food now, right? But is it like that? You know, and I joke, like, you know, thankfully, you know, we have a lot of vibrant and lovely students, right, that, you know, church attendance is very, is very strange around exams. Either it goes down because everybody is like, you know, I have to study, I have to study, I'm too stressed out about studying, or it goes way up because no amount of studying is going to help me now. God, I need your help. God, I need your help. God, I need your help. The reality is God is going to help you. God is going to help you anyways because God loves you. And God cares about you. And there's nothing in the universe you can do to change that. Every now and again, we find ourselves trying to earn grace. Think about that. I'm trying to earn undeserved favor. Like you like me for no good reason, and I'm trying to make you like me. That doesn't make any sense. I might as well try to plan my own surprise birthday party. It's not going to work, right? It's not going to work, right? St. Paul is saying in, in his uh, epistle to the Galatians, he's saying, For we, through the Spirit, eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. Through the Spirit. Right? We'll find um, uh, in 1 John, St. John is telling us, Let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And again, he's telling us in verse, in verse 20, he's telling us, For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Did you hear that? If our heart condemns us, God is the one who justifies us. So when the condemning spirit comes to you, when the guilty spirit comes to you and says, Oh no, you didn't. Did you see what you just did? Right? And when the guilty spirit goes to the throne of God and says, Did you see what John just did? There's someone who runs a little bit faster. His name is the Lord Jesus Christ. And he is our intercessor at the throne of God. And what did we do to earn that? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. In the book of Acts, we find, we find the same story uh, uh, where the, the people... Uh, are now not sure, like, since Christianity arose from Judaism, should people be uh, circumcised and become Jews and live as Jews and then become Christian? Or can they become Christian right away? And there was some, some concern about this, and the apostles meet and they pray and they discuss, right? And they say, For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to, to us to lay no greater burden than these necessary things. Whenever you feel burdened, I want to tell you as a rule of thumb, it probably is not coming from God. It's probably coming either from the, from the enemy directly, trying to discourage you, or from the enemy has mucked up something in my life, or something in the lives of others, and now I'm very sad about what has been lost. In the Old Testament, there's a beautiful verse that says, and the Lord will restore the years that the locusts have eaten. So, in the olden days, 
the people lived, uh, you know, they lived a very agricultural lifestyle, and so if uh, if they got a, a plague of like locusts, you know, like uh, like uh, herb-eating grasshoppers, but they're big, like they're bigger, like the size of your thumb, kind of, right? And they would come, and they would they could eat up a whole crop in like in like a night, and they reproduced like wild, right? And they didn't have like you know you know uh, like technological means to control these things at the time, right? So you could, you could have spent years planting a vineyard that you have still yet to taste good wine from because it takes years and years and years and years and years before you, you get good grapes that you can actually make even a glass of wine from. Or fig trees, the same thing. Take years and years and years and years before they can actually produce uh, you know, fruit that's edible. Or if you had fields of wheat or whatever it may be, right? And then in a day and a night, in a week, it's gone. So there's a verse in the Old Testament that says that the Lord will restore the years the locust has eaten. The locust didn't eat them in years. What are the years the locust has eaten? The years of your hard work, the years of your prayers, the years of your yearnings, the years of your tears before God that seem to have gone all for naught. The tears seem to have all gone down the drain. But the Psalms tell us that they are all, he catches them all in his hand and keeps them in his bottle. Imagine God, God has a little room in heaven. I, there are, I don't know that he does, but imagine, right? With every, a bottle with everybody's name on it, right? How many tears are in my bottle? How many times did I kneel before God with tears streaming before my eyes? How many times did I pray the first litany of the second watch in the midnight prayer that says... Give me, O Lord, fountains of plentiful tears as you gave to the sinful women a long time ago. How many times did I seek to, to, to kneel before God and to offer Him tears, not emotional tears, but spiritual tears, tears of joy or tears of sorrow over my salvation and the salvation of the world. Today I read, uh, 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 yesterday I read a quote from St. John Chrysostom as I was preparing for the money series. But nothing to do with money, and I, I wanted to I, I, I wanted to text it to somebody, and I realized I can't text this to anybody, so I just texted it to myself. Saint John Chrysostom says, "There is no human act more cold than not to share the gospel with those who need to be saved. There is no act in the uni- human act in the in the universe more cold than not to share the gospel with those." who need to be saved. How many times did I kneel before God and pray with with tears of sorrow? And if I don't have tears of sorrow, ask for tears. Ask for tears of sorrow. For those who do not know yet that the Lord wishes to give them all things for free. Uh, Ironic, as I was preparing for the money series, I um, encountered a friend of mine who um, has uh, really messed up um, his finances royalties. The high earner, you know, uh, j- j- just shy of 100000 and um, really is no savings and nothing to s- save for it and uh, a whole lot of uh, uh, products on, uh, you know, bought on, on, on debt. Anyhow, um, and we were gently talking and so on and I didn't know what to say to, to, to him because I want to say something that will encourage him but I also want to say the truth. Um, that, uh, that, that, that's not a viable lifestyle. Anyhow, um, 
And as, um, as, as, as I was sitting with him, he himself, he himself repented. He himself started to shed those tears that I wish for myself. The Lord Jesus Christ wishes to be light to us. The most amazing thing is no matter what you've messed up in life, if it's finances or if it's, or if it's a relation, relationships or if it's, um, uh, you know, a, a job opportunity or, 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 or your GPA or whatever it may be, whatever it may be that you look at and you feel, man, I have messed this up. God has grace for you. God has grace for me. God is able, God is able to help me to turn it around. And he's putting his hand out to you and to me every day and saying, come, work with me. He's sending you and I an invitation saying, come. And all he's asking us to do is to respond to the best of our ability, whatever that means to you, whatever that means to me. Come, let's work on this together. Yes, okay, you messed up. It's okay. Let's, let's work on it together. It's okay. Let's work on it together. You do your best, and I will fill you up to the fullness of the measure of Christ. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen. I have sinned. Forgive me, my fathers and mothers and brothers and sisters. Please pray for me.